I'd like to take this opportunity. Um, I'd like to take this opportunity to thank Spin Daamaka for another privilege and honor to lead tonight's, um, to open tonight's review for the Song of Songs, the Love Letter, and also the Book of Proverbs. You know, as we read the Song of Songs and after the explanation by the esteemed uh, Sister Amaka, we, we truly got insight on how to read the Song of Songs. So we are quickly going to pray for the next um, five minutes, just to thank God for his word, for the Holy Spirit, who's our teacher, you know, who really makes the word of God so real in our lives that it's imparting us immensely this past month. So let's just speak in tongues for the next minutes. Jesus, 
Thank you, precious Holy Spirit. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your guidance. We thank you for making the word of God so real to us. We thank you for the understanding that we are receiving throughout this, this month of going through the book of Proverbs and also the book of Song of Songs. Oh, Father God, we thank you in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to once again thank the esteemed Sister Amaka for the opportunity. And, you know, um, I'll, re- I'll just uh, read a statement she put on the chat. She said, this is the greatest love letter ever. That's now the book of the Song of Songs. If you never understood the love of Jesus for you, this is it. You know, and that is so true. And I believe all of us have received the lens of our eyes. The light has shone in our hearts on how to read this book. You definitely want to experience all that they are expressing. So I hope you enjoy the session tonight. And you know, the book of Proverbs, wisdom has been lavishing out of us. You know, we, we, you know the book of Proverbs lately, it's like you never read it before. So it's just amazing. And today, as we go through the review, make sure you have your notes, you know, and uh, listen to the to the ministration uh, attentively. And I hope you enjoy yourselves. Um, thank you so much, Sister Amaka and the co-host. Over to you, Sister Amakama. Thank you so much. Praise God. Thank you so much, esteemed Pastor Debbie. And... Um, Happy Sunday, um, dear family. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending on where you are connected from. It's another time for us to, you know, review our journey with the word as the Lord has asked us to do. And first we would begin with the book of Proverbs. You know, it matters that in the midst of excitement, we don't follow, we don't forget the instruction of God. When we started the journey for Proverbs, he told us to review every Sunday. So as much as we're excited about reviewing the book of Songs of Solomon, we have to understand that there was a laid down instruction that is not overrided because of a new excitement. So we'll start with the review of the book of Proverbs. Today is day 18. We're growing in wisdom, you know, going through the book, reviewing the different chapters and hearing the voice of wisdom. So if there's anyone who would like to share um, about their journey. This meeting is not usually very long, so we go straight into the review and then we cut it short in righteousness. So if there's anyone who'd like to share about their proverbs, the journey of proverbs, review on wisdom himself, how um, has it been like for you? You might want to share some of your striking verses or chapters as the case may be. And also the message that has come to you, the ministration, the impactation, you know, that has come to you while going through the book of Proverbs. Praise God. Anyone who'd like to share, you can raise your hand. All right, Pastor Debbie, go ahead. Okay, well, uh, what I want to say is uh, uh, quite brief. Um, 
But what struck me while the thoughts that came to me strongly was that, you know, the book of Proverbs touches every situation, what to do in any situation, money, relationship to work, everything. If you want to know about someone's personality, you know, it's in the book of Proverbs, how to deal with them, you know, foolishness, wisdom, it's just all those things. So every time I encounter something or speak to someone, it's like everything goes through the scriptures of the book of Proverbs. Every, every word I need to speak, any advice I need to give, any a word of wisdom I need to give to the members. Like today in church, I was speaking to some uh, um, of my new recruits for foundation school. And the words I spoke, I was like, that's exactly what I've been reading in the book of Proverbs. And it's just amazing how your tongue gets tamed by these words as you meditate on them and how they just keep, uh, um, the Holy Spirit keeps bringing them back to your remembrance. Every time you are standing with someone, it's like you are scanning every word they say through the book of Proverbs. So that has been my experience. And I'm just so excited. Thank you so much, Mark. Praise God. Thank you so much, esteemed um, Pastor Debbie. Thank you for sharing. Indeed, um, the book of Proverbs kind of cultures your life. You know, it's, it refines you. It touches on the different areas. Your relationship with God, your relationship with other people, your relationship with your country. You know, are you patriotic or are you a sellout? You know, your relationship at work, your relationship as a neighbor, your relationship as a friend, it, it, it just touches you everywhere. And you're just in that space where you are either, Pastor, we say, you are either changing the world or the world is changing you. One of these two things are happening every day, every day that you leave your house, every day that you wake up to a new day. Two things, one of two things are happening with you. You are either changing your world or your world is changing you. And the journey that we have set out is to be the ones changing the world. We cannot afford for the world to change us. You meet some Christians, there's so much worldliness in them and you are looking for Christianity in them. The world has been changing them without them realizing we're not going to be such victims anymore. Esteem Brother Martins, please go ahead, sir. Thank you so much, Ma. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone. Depending on what part of the world you're connected from at this time. One of the most beautiful things about um, the book of Proverbs is um, it comes home. It touches you at every point. When I once had um, a conversation with a policeman and the man said, a Nigerian policeman, let me use that word. And he said, every Nigerian, if you check very well, you look at the constitution and the laws and all the laws that are, you know, that have been written, every Nigerian in one way or the other breaks the law. And then he gave me several examples and I was like, wow, and it's true. The same way, you know, I thought about the book of Proverbs and all I've been reading all through. And um, if you read the book very well, it has a way of pointing out, you know, corrections, how to do life positively. And then it has a way of, you know, um, helping you to firm up the good ones you're doing. The, the, you know, they are, they are, you have, um, there are certain lifestyles that is very, very positive, that even you yourself, you don't even know that this thing you are doing is so good, is very good in the eyes of God and in, in, in life generally. But by the time you read it from the book of Proverbs and you check your life and you find out, ah, this thing, I've been doing it. You know, it gives you this, um, this sense of, oh, do more. And then when you're doing some things and you notice there's a kind of rebuke from wisdom, it now helps you to realign and to reorder your steps 
and to you know do things the right way. Trust me, one of the things that um, the book of Proverbs has done for me personally as a person is it has helped me to recalibrate my life. It has helped me to understand that the next 10 minutes has a purpose. The next one hour has a purpose. It has helped me to reshape my thinking and remodel my mindset. And I'm grateful to God for this that we have started reading. And I tell you, it is a lifetime thing. It's something I will forever do. It doesn't stop this month. Thank you so much, esteemed Stamaka. And thank you, everyone. Praise God. Thank you so much, esteemed Brother Martins. You know, truly, like you said, it exposes you to a lot, you know, that you should be doing. Then it also encourages you to firm up the areas that you are already excelling in. And, you know, I want to say this. You might read the book of Proverbs. You see, um, you also need to understand that there's the accuser of the brethren that wants to show you through the word of God that you are guilty of certain things. And you might read the book of Proverbs and find yourself in that space where it seems like a voice of accusation because it seems like you're guilty of some of the things that you're reading there. No, that's not, that's not the spirit of God. He's not the accuser of the brethren. When God shows us his word, when God corrects us through his word, he's, he's showing us our errors through the lens of the word. It's not to condemn us. But it's for us to look into the mirror and say, hey, this is not who I should be. And I've been acting this way all the while from this day no more. Because the word of God is now there to make you what it talks about as the word comes to you. That's what the word does for us. Never condemn it. And then you might not find yourself in that place where you're like, ah, man, I'm guilty of this, I'm guilty of this, I'm guilty of this. Maybe you even look back and you're guilty of someone who has caused troubles amongst friends, amongst loved ones. But this is a new day. This is a new day. You've been learning about the Holy Spirit. He's your helper. So when such times come, you say, dear Holy Spirit, I'm grateful to you that I'm learning these things. Oh, I was guilty of this. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I didn't, I didn't realize how terrible what I was doing was. But now that I realize, I am so sorry. You see, if you, if you can see the face of the Holy Spirit at such times, he's basically smiling. He's just smiling because to him, it's not a big deal. Christ died for things past, present, and future. You know, we said an understanding of righteousness, right? You need to listen to that message and you would understand that God is not out to condemn us. He's not. So even when he sternly rebukes us concerning certain things, his goal is for us to look for a way of escape for us. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 13, I'll paraphrase it. It was saying that there's no trouble there's no temptation. There's no kind of persecution that would come to you. But such as is normal, as is common, that means there are other people who have gone through it. He said, but if it is coming to you, know that there's a way of escape. God will not allow what you cannot overcome happen to you. God will not allow it. Praise God. So do not condemn yourself. If your conscience condemns you, your spirit does not condemn you. And that's when you need to harness the power of your mind to subject it to your spirit. If you read the book, How to Pray Effectively, Pastor explained how that doubting in your spirit and doubting in your mind are two different things. That you doubt in your mind doesn't mean you have doubted in your spirit. You know, so these are deep, deep truths. These are, these are hard myths for some people. But that's why the Lord is growing us very fast so that we can just catch things. Now, your love world, many of you are enjoying your love world. In a way, you never used to enjoy it before. What is that? Why? You have grown very fast. Suddenly, you understand spiritual communication. Suddenly, you understand hard meat. A lot of times, your love world is hard meat. Esteem Sister Jasmine, I'd like you to meet your mic and share with us what you're 
Proverbs journey has been like. Thank you so much, Mom. Good evening, family. Praise the Lord. Um, what I actually um, observed in the book of Proverbs is that it has this assurance it gives to the lovers of God, which are the righteous ones. You know, it will tell you what, what is going to do, actually happen to the wicked and also tell you what is going to happen to you as a lover of God. So one thing you should actually observe in the book of Proverbs is assurance of your destination, assurance that God has a plan for you. Remember today's rapture, they say, follow his plans. So he has a plan for you and his expectation for you is to reach where he wants you to reach. Not, you know, sometimes we just want to, we want to be a doctor, we want to, you know, we want to be pilots because there's money there, you know, you want to be this, you want to be that. Let me tell you, the truth is that if you're studying the book of Proverbs, you will understand that there is something God wants you, that as in wants you to do, and there's a create that's why he created you. Now there's um uh um, Proverbs 15, um, verse 1. It says, respond gently when you are confronted and you, I'm reading from the CPT translation, and you diffuse the rage of another. Responding with sharp cutting words will only make it worse. Don't you know that being angry can ruin the testimony of even the wisest of men? Now, why I'm, I'm actually sharing this um, verse is because it has happened to me. <laughs> it, it has happened to me so when i saw it in the scripture i say oh jasmine you will never be foolish again you know esteemed man said that uh uh you know accuser of the brethren ah he will come <laughs> he will tell you that ah you have done something you're not supposed to do but your ability to know that you're having a conference <laughs> will just make you um shut his um his his voice out of your mind and know that you are, you know, you're working the, you're a work in progress. No, don't say that you're not perfect. You're a work in progress. So it's very important for us to know that wisdom is telling you that your life is assured. And there is no, there is no, there is no place to argue that. There is no place. There is no place. There is no place to argue it. Your life is assured in Christ. Thank you so much, ma'am, for the opportunity. God bless you. Praise God. Thank you so much, esteemed Sister Jasmine. Your point is so valid. And it's so true how that you read the Proverbs and then, you know, when Brother Martins will say that um, it helps you firm up on the areas that you are doing well, it gives you that assurance that what you are doing is not just right, but there's an end. There's an end reward. You are, you are easily, you are compassionate. You are that person who looks out for others. And then, you know, some people in the system will tell you that you better, don't be a fool. Better look out for yourself. In this place, you better protect yourself. Nobody's looking out for you. So don't even bother looking out for somebody else. Have you been told that in a workplace before? Have you been told that maybe even the church environment before? But then you read the book of Proverbs and you know, that it matters to God how you treat other people. I want us to go to today's 18th. Quickly, um, um, Brother Martins, Pastor Deborah, I, I made you pull co-host for a reason. Quickly, um, let's go to Proverbs 18 today, TPT translation. I want it shared on the screen. I want to use in the next seven minutes to quickly highlight a few things for us. Then we can go into the review for the Songs of Solomon. TPT translation, Proverbs 18. I'm just going to touch on a few verses for you to see how in one chapter your life can be altered for good. Who is helping us share the screen? Can we have Proverbs chapter 18 on the screen? TPT translation. 
Now, if you look at what verse 1 says, he said, an unfriendly person isolates himself and seems to care only about his own issues, for his contempt of sound judgment makes him a recluse. That second part shows you that he's carrying out a judgment. That means this person maybe has been treated unfairly. He has not been treated well. Certain matters have not been handled well. So his idea of judgment is that he would, he, would, he would isolate himself and be on his own. And he's telling you that it is not okay. He said his contempt of sound judgment. In his mind, it is good judgment, but it is contempt. It makes him a recluse. When we read this during the one-year Bible reading plan, we, we checked the word recluse, right? Someone who isolates himself. It wasn't God planned, God's plan for us to isolate ourselves at any point in time. The, the, the call to discipleship, the call to um, um, the ministry of reconciliation does not allow you to isolate yourself for any reason. So you look, you look at that verse and you're like, ah, dear Lord God, I'm helped. I refuse to be this person. It seems like, ah, this is the right thing to do. But this, you read Proverbs and Proverbs said, no. Verse two says, senseless people find no pleasure in acquiring true wisdom. For all they want to do is impress you with what they know. Did you used to be that leader who wanted to prove that they knew the word? But you know this deep inside of you. you, and you, you, you it was not so. You will study the new books. You will listen to the messages. You will study the Bible because you wanted to come and show your members that you knew something. When you come to maturity, you find that the times of meetings are a time of interruption in your fellowship with the Holy Spirit. You enjoy those times alone. You enjoy those times of listening to the messages. You enjoy those times of prayers, those times when it's just you and the Holy Ghost talking. You now want to know for your life, for yourself. You, it, it doesn't matter what anybody thinks anymore about you. It's just my life, my life, my life has to be better by the word. That's a man who wisdom has started to walk in. Go to verse... Um, verse 8. The words of a gossip merely reveals the wounds of his own soul and his slander perpetrates into the innermost being. You know, um, Pastor used to say something. He said, frustrated people frustrate others. Hurting people hurt others. And people who are very quick to gossip, they know all the things that are happening. They are, they are, they are current. They are not current with godly vibes. They are not current with, with, um, with the good news of the ministry or the church. Ah, they know that brother and that sister that are doing something wrong. They know that pastor that is misbehaving. They know this thing. They know that thing. Gossips. The words of a gossip. He said, merely review the wounds of his own soul. So that means the, the, the typical gossiper is hot on the inside. And you see, Pastor was talking about not being partakers of other men's sins. They come to you to come and tell you all the things that are happening. And at the end of the day, oh, God delivered me last year from a relationship. I had this person who had become my friend. And I discovered that every time I spend with this lady, when I was done, ah, gosh, whatever matter we had discussed, whoever was involved in the conversation, this lady would have succeeded in, in sowing some intense and, and what, what's the word? Antagonism in my spirit. In the early stage of the relationship, I will fight it. You know, I would always want to bring out the, the best of that person, help the person see. 
And you know, this person will come from that angle to let me know how that, oh, I'm amazing. And, um, why am I even um, um, friends with this person when they are not doing me any good? You know, despite everything they've done to me, I still, I still, I'm close to them. I still love them. Why am I, why am I like that? You know, make you feel good about your person, but destroys every other person where you are. It wasn't long. You see, when you train yourself right, the spirit of God would deliver you. The word of God that you have invested in your spirit would deliver you. It wasn't long. I remember telling my sister, I said, ah, sister, I don't like my relationship with this person. Every time this person is done with me, my sister happened to know the person too. And one day she said, I've actually observed it too. That if I have a conversation with this person, it fuels animosity towards this certain, whoever it is that we have discussed. And you know, um, it matters that you are very firm and very strong in this path, this Christian work. If the Spirit of God tells me to walk away from something, it doesn't matter how addicted I was to that thing before the day the Spirit of God tells me to walk away from it. It doesn't matter the connection. It doesn't matter the commitment. It doesn't matter the benefits. When I walk away, I walk away as though it never existed. The Holy Spirit has been nudging me, you know, I wanted to walk in love. I wanted to be that nice person. No, don't be partakers of another man's sin. You can't be nice to a gossip. You can't be nice to somebody who every time the person comes, they have something to say against the pastor. They have something to say against this person and against that person that fuels hatred for you. We're not saying that such adversities may not happen. We're not saying that there might not be times of issues where maybe things are done against you. But remember, it was early this year, or was it towards the end of last year, that the Spirit of God kept talking to us and inspired by the word. He said, do not be persecuted against the church, away from your father's house. Do not allow yourself to be persecuted away from your father's house. And he kept talking to us about walking in love, walking in love again and again and again. I want to read one more verse. It was verse 12. I remember the day we read this when we were reading the one-year Bible reading plan. Oh, no. This verse, you know, when they say something breaks you, 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 you want to search and x-ray your heart and say, no, pride will never be found in me. And if I ever walked in pride, I repent. I would never be described as proud. First and foremost, not by the Lord, not by the Lord. Because you see, man can describe you as proud, but pride is more of a sin of the heart. The only time the, the Lord talks about the exhibition of pride, he talks about a proud look. You know those people that size people from head to bottom? Are you that selly that has preference? A member comes, you have a member who is still trying to stand financially, who is still trying to find themselves in life. So it seems like they don't have anything to offer. So you, 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 you look down on them, a proud look. They say something and then you look at them from head to bottom. And, and the, the, the look is who, who gave you the audacity to speak where other people are speaking. But oh, there's this person, Maybe it's one of your top partners and you are the leader of that person. Maybe it's that one that before you are finished talking, the person has given for something that you are talking about. Oh yes, every leader is excited to have such a member. But do you relate with people based on their givings? Based on their contributions to the cell? Or based on the fact that God says to love all people? Based on the fact that Christ died for all men and he wants all men saved and all men built. Are you the one who, even in a nasty situation where a member has misbehaved, where something has been done or said against you, are you the one who will still see the diamond in the stone? Are you the one who will still see what the Lord has shown you? Are you, are you still going to see the picture of that person? Or you will do everything to destroy that person. 
you know, you know, a, a leader would say to somebody and say, when I am done with you in this ministry, when you hear my name, you will not show up. How can such a word come out from a leader's mouth? How can you threaten somebody and say how that when you are done with them, A man's heart is the proudest when his downfall is nearest. You feel like you have become great in ministry. Oh, you feel like you have a name in ministry. You have an office in ministry. Therefore, because of the influence that you now have, maybe you are closest to the pastor and you are that one that the Bible talks about, those that have the ears of the king. So you can tell this leader, I'm the peer to the pastor. Don't worry. I will treat your, <laughs> you know, you can use the F word. And when I'm done with you, you will know that there are people you should not mess with in this church. Suddenly you have become a Satan that wants to take vengeance. Yet the Bible says vengeance is of the Lord. I'm even saying that the person did what was wrong. I'm even saying that the person said something that was wrong. But suddenly you take on the office of God to establish vengeance. On your own fellow brother in church. I thought vengeance was against the enemy. He said he won't see glory unto the Lord since humility. A man's heart is the proudest when his downfall is nearest. Finally, in verse 14. The will to live sustains you when you are sick. But depression crushes courage and leaves you unable to cope. If you are here and you are, anyways, I believe that that is a thing of the past. When people easily tell me how I was depressed, I was depressed. You think depression is your friend to be befriending? Depression crushes courage and leaves you unable to cope. No matter what happens, don't lose your will to live. Don't lose hope. Don't lose hope. And really, when you stay in the word, when people say depression, 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 as a leader through the years, I just know that your problem is that you are not in the word. In Christ, in the place called Christ, depression cannot thrive. How many of you, since you started following Project, a message a day, have, that have, have experienced depression especially if you used to experience it before how many since you started doing project a message a day in fact as simple as the daily devotion attending the daily devotion and following through on what we do on a daily basis you look for depression you cannot find it see proverbs will wake you up to wisdom and you'll be wise praise god we'll quickly go to songs of solomon and um the actual rendition of that poem is um, a poem that was written, you know, Solomon and his lover. It's actually a lover's poem, right? But you see, um, God is wise. And if it was that sensual as the description describes, God will not put it inside the Bible. But Solomon thought he was writing for his lover, but he was, he was writing a prophetic love letter of Christ to the church. He was writing a prophetic story of how far our lover would go, the lover of our soul. The lover of our soul. How far he would go. You'll find in chapter one when he started, you know, he was trying to woo this woman and the woman was not forthcoming. And then after a while, you know, he tried and tried and tried. And then, you know, the woman yielded. And then, you know, like young ladies would always do, she said, doing shakara for the man. And then, you know, it just seemed as though the man said, okay, let me leave this woman for a while. It's like, um, she's so full of herself. Now, let me just leave her for a short time and see what she makes of her life. And then she comes crying, screaming, man, I can't live without you. I can't survive without you. There is nothing like your love. It's not typical of our relationship with God. There are times in your life you want to do it on your own. 
You want to figure out life on your own, by yourself. When life happens to you, you come back and say, God, I cannot do it without you. God help me. God help me. Who wants to say something about the book of, Pro, of Songs of Solomon? How has it been like for you? You know, for many of you, you did not see. Songs of Solomon was not one of the books that you would have, you would have wanted to read or wanted to like to, you know, you might even skip it and like, this um, Solomon and his girlfriend that they'll just be writing, look, look, just, just look at what they just wrote inside this place. But suddenly you realize that that was um, typical of Christ and his bride, which is the church. And that includes you and I. Reading Songs of Solomon, what has it done for you? Sister Jasmine, go ahead and unmute your mic. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> You know, um, these songs of Solomon, we've gone through it like last year. And uh, it was different when esteemed Ma was introducing it. He was saying it was the book for lovers. I could remember vividly. But this year, the story actually changed. You know, songs of Solomon is, um, in fact, reading it this year has really opened our minds to know that um, the book went deep into the church the bridegroom and the bride praise the lord that's our lord jesus christ and us he helps us to um attain this um this spiritual level of understanding that it's it's deeper than <laughs> it's deeper than love story praise the lord and i'm so glad i'm so glad for this understanding in this year that's that's to show that our lord jesus is coming because he wants you to come into the fullness of his knowledge that's the epignosis of his word so um songs of solomon it's um a perfect example of our relationship with God, with Jesus, after the rapture and the millennium um, reign with Christ. So it's just a very, very inspiring book. That's all I wanted to say. Thank you so much, ma'am, for this um, opportunity. Praise God. Thank you so much, esteemed Sister Jasmine. Thank you for sharing. And thank you for always being willing to share your inspiration. It's very inspiring to watch. All right, Pastor Debbie, go ahead. Um, uh, um, the book of Song of Songs, I always read it. And, you know, I received that revelation that it's a love letter from the Lord to us. And, but this time around, like really, I even started noting down my own, you know, pastor, I remember pastor saying once that if you want to praise God or worship, write down, plan what you want to say to him. This time around, I was reading some of them and making them my own personal words that I was telling him and then imagining and having this response from him. And it, it just creates this, this sense of like, he's, they saying it like really he becomes this love of your life, this deep affection, you know, that that you desire probably from someone else. But now that you desire it from him, you feel like you really need nobody else. So really, it has been awesome with the book of, of songs. And right now, it's just another template for me to get my inspiration on how to minister to the Lord when I want just to tell him how much I love him. So that's uh -huh. my so that's where you're going to be taking the love poems from now. Uh-huh. Now <laughs> until until it births new ones from me. You know, some people Very just know good. how to write. <laughs> Thank you. Right. Thank you so much. So I'm going to hand over to Brother Martins to speak, but while Brother Martins is at, is at it, can we have on the screen? So Songs of Solomon is available in TPT. Um, I want to believe that um, um, Brother John has been reading it in TPT, right? Um, can we have um, Songs of Solomon TPT on the screen? So go to chapter one, right? When you go to chapter one, swipe to the right. You will go to introduction. So there's an introduction of every book. Passion Translation has an introduction of every book. So can I have it on the screen? Who is sharing the screen? Okay, Brother Martins, go ahead and speak. Praise God. Thank you so much. Um, one of the things I, 
I have come to realize in the book of the songs of songs is um, in every relationship, every true relationship, there's always the, the, the greatest fuel for every true relationship is communication. And for every time the Lord speaks, there is a response. He speaks, we respond. He speaks, we respond. It is not always, it is not a one-way thing. It's a two-way thing. There was a communication. So I found that in our love life with the Lord, our communication with the Lord is always key. Even while you're walking on the streets, even while you're in the place of work, even while you're doing all that, and the consciousness that you are in a relationship with someone, for instance, you're dating someone or you're married to someone. If you're in the office, you don't forget that you're married. If you're in the office, you don't forget that you are dating. And then once in a while, you pick up your phone, you send the chat, and he replies, or she replies. You call, I just want to check up on you. And he responds, I miss you, and all that. The same way you have a relationship with the Lord, you are the bride, he is the groom. Every now and then, every so often, even in your thoughts, you're like, dear Lord, I love you. Oh, dear Lord, thank you for the beauty that you have beautified my life. And in the constant um, communication with him is the flow of the blessing, is the flow of the wisdom to do what you're supposed to do next, is the flow of the correction. He can tell you, see what you should have done or see what you should do. You'll be surprised at how quick. These are the things I started learning from this book of songs of, of, of songs. And I'm grateful to God. And I say thank you so much, Essence Tamaka. Thank you so much. How about you, ma? Praise God. Thank you so much, Esteem Brother Martins. Thank you for such insight. Communication, very key. And like Pastor Debbie said, <laughs> Songs of Solomon is a new poem to the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God. Um, so, Sister Tina, click on that. You see those two arrows at the bottom. Click on the one on the left and it will take you to the introduction page. All right, so we're at um, the introduction page. So you would see that um, the audience, the author is King Solomon, right? And the audience is every passionate lover of God. Um, major themes, um, Christ's divine love for his bride, divine Christian romance, and passionate Christian devotion. Now go, go to scroll, scroll, I'll tell you to stop. Okay, about Songs of Solomon, let's start with that. So he said the first book translated, don't miss me here, you'd love this. The first book translated in the Passion Translation was the Song of Songs, also known as the Song of Solomon. My favorite book in the Bible, can you hear that? This is the author of the Passion Translation um, saying this now. I have fallen in love with this sweetest song of all the ages. We see the Shunammite breathtaking journey unveiled in this amazing allegory. It is the path every passionate lover will take. But this divine parable penned by Solomon also describes the journey that every longing lover of Jesus will find as his or her very own. By translating this portion of the word of God, the songs of songs, I have attempted to translate not only from a scholarly or linguistic perspective, but also from the passion of a heart on fire. Love will always find a language to express itself. Fiery love for Jesus pushes our thoughts out of hiding and puts them into words of adoration. This articulation out of the deepest places of our hearts moves God and inspires each of us to a greater devotion. Everyone deserves to hear and feel the passion of our bridegroom for his radiant and soon to be perfected bride. The inspired song of songs is a work of art. It is a melody song from the heart of Jesus Christ longing for his bride. Now his bride is you and I. It is full of symbols, subtle art forms, poetry, 
are nuances that trans that the translator must convey in order to bring it forth adequately to the English reader. This is what I have attempted to do with this project. Some of the cultural symbols that conveyed a rich texture of meaning to the Hebrew speaker nearly 3,000 years ago have become almost impossible to live in their literal form since the English speaker of today has little or no connection to those symbols. This requires that much of the hidden meanings locked into the Hebrew text made um, um, locked into the Hebrew text be made explicit. That is why I have chosen to make this a dynamic equivalent translation, transferring the meaning, not just the words, into a form that many will find refreshing. So be prepared to see yourself in this journey and hear the Lord's lyrics of love song over you. Invest the time to read this through in one sitting, then go back and read slowly and carefully, pondering each verse and praying through each love principle revealed in this translation. Did you see that? That means this book will teach you principles of love. You might be a spouse. This book will teach you how to love, honestly. I think you may be shocked to read some of the things spoken over your life, considering them almost too good to be true. Because really, you, you hear some of the things that Solomon was saying concerning the woman. And I'm like, in the literal sense, you say that, oh, Solomon was deeply in love. Many people um, um, claim that um, he wrote it to, uh, for Queen Sheba. Many people claim that, you know, um, the details are not known. But like I said, he was writing, thinking he was writing, expressing his love for some woman. But that wasn't the case. It was a prophetic writing. Because everything from Genesis to Revelation points to Christ. You see Christ through it all. You see Noah being swallowed. And the Bible would say that as Noah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights, so would the son of man be in the grave. Everything is connected to Christ. Everything in the Bible, God was telling a story about his son that would come into the world. The son that would die for you and I. And the kind of love he would give. The kind of love he would offer. Go to chapter, chapter one, Sister Tina. Kosa vala kasa kata kairushka anta kasiska ira kosa kabaya. From verse eight, he said, "Listen, my this is Jesus talking, my radiant one. If you ever lose sight of me." Just follow in my footsteps where I lead my lovers. Come with your burdens and cares. Come to the place near the sanctuary of my shepherd. My dearest one, let me tell you how I see you. Oh, Basakatabaya. If you never thought that you were anything good, you want to read songs of Solomon. He said, my dearest one in verse nine, let me tell you how I see you. You are so thrilling to me. You are so thrilling to me. To gaze upon you is like looking at one of Pharaoh's finest horses, a strong. Jesus sees you as strong. He says, I'm so weak. I can't even resist temptation. Jesus sees you as strong. Regal stayed pulling his royal chariot. He said, you are strong enough to carry others along. Your tender cheeks are aglow. Your earrings and glam bloody necklaces set them ablaze. We will enhance your beauty. We will enhance your beauty. Encircling you with our golden reins of love. You will be, you will be marked with our redeeming grace. Look at verse 15. Look at you, my dearest darling. You are so lovely. You are beauty itself to me. Karadosa Kabaya. You are beauty itself to me. Your passionate eyes are like gentle doves. When he said eyes, eyes are, are the way you see the world, the way you see life. He said it's beautiful to him. 
you know um you 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 want to go to chapter 2 quickly verse 2 chapter 2 verse 2 it says, yes, you are my darling companion. You stand out from all the rest. For though the cause of sin surrounds you, this was Jesus looking at a person he wants to save. Oh, you are wallowing in sin. Oh, I've messed up. Oh, I've done this and I've done that. Oh, Sister Maka, you don't know the things I've done. I've done a lot of bad things. He said, for though the cause of sin surrounds you, you still, still, you remain as pure as a lily, even more than all others. This is how Jesus sees you. This is how Jesus sees you. From verse 10, the one I love calls out to me, arise my dearest, hurry my darling, come away with me. I have come as you have asked to draw you to my heart and lead you out. For now is the time, my beautiful one. This is where he has gone. He has offered himself as a sacrifice. He has paid the price for sin. Then he comes. Initially, he comes to survey. He comes, remember when he walked the face of the earth. It took him about 30 something years before he went to the cross. So at that time, he was looking at their plight, but he had not yet gone to the cross. He had not yet paid for sin. He was looking at them and he was telling her that, yes, I see the cause of sin, but you are beautiful to me. Then by this time in chapter two, he had gone to the grave. He had paid the price for sin. Then he comes back. He said, now is the time, my beautiful one. Now is the time, my beautiful one. The season has changed. The bondage of your barren winter has ended. The season has changed. The season has changed. The bondage of your barren winter has ended. And the season of hiding is over and gone. The rains have soaked the earth and left it bright with blossoming flowers. The season for singing and pruning the vines has arrived. I hear the cooing of doves in our land, filling the air with songs to awaken and guide you forth. Can you not discern this new day of destiny breaking forth around you? The early signs of my purposes and plans are bursting forth. The budding vines of new life are now blooming everywhere. The budding vines of new life, new life. He had brought new life. The fragrance of their flowers whispered. There is change in the air. There is change in the air. Arise, my love, my beautiful companion, and run with me to the higher place. Ah, when the Lord kept telling us, come up hither, come up hither. Many of us did not really understand. Now we are so in love with the Holy Ghost. Now we are so in love with this Jesus. Now we are so in love with the Lord, word of God. He said, for now is the time. Arise and come away with me. You know, I could read on and on and on and on. The um, Songs of Solomon is there for you to read with an understanding and be inspired by the love of Christ. And you know, it's funny how in the New Testament, remember that the words of Jesus were written in red, right? So it's not a coincidence that the words of the bridegroom in this place were all written in red. In this verse 16, I know my lover is mine and I have everything in you for we delight ourselves in each other. I know my lover is mine. Do you remember? God has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness in Christ. I have everything in Christ. If you did not understand the gospel of salvation, Songs of Solomon will help you understand it. We have come to the end of today's review, and I know that you don't want it to end, but it has to end. But this was just to, um, this was just to um, help you irrigate the soil of your heart so that when you go back to the book, you, some of you, when we are done, you go and start reading Songs of Solomon from chapter one and you end it tonight. But um, see the love of Christ and it will just help you understand salvation. 
when I said Noah, I, I meant Jonah. Jonah, Jonah was the one that was in the belly of the fish, not Noah. Sorry for that. Um, I don't know why I've been thinking of Noah so much in recent times. Praise God. All right, brothers and sisters, you can see how deep the Lord is taking us. Hope you have gotten your Dick's Bible for October. Um, <laughs> you just got, it, got the decoding of the songs of Solomon. You never knew this was it in the Bible, right? Wait until you get the decoding of Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, 2, 3. And then from there, you understand that the Bible is coded. There's something underneath every verse in the Bible. And if the Spirit of God will open your eyes to Revelation, but you need the Dick's Bible for that class. So the people that will be that will participate in the class are those who have Dick's Bible. So prepare for October. God has told us ahead of time. Praise God. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining today's meeting. And I want to say thank you, esteemed Pastor Debbie Ndapandula Shindume. I hope I pronounced them right. Thank you so much for the blessing that you are in helping us review the book of Proverbs and in organizing these review sessions. We love you so much and we're grateful to you, esteemed Brother Martins, esteemed um, Sister Jasmine. You know, thank you for your contributions tonight. And of course, our screen sharers, <laughs> esteemed Brother Martins, esteemed Pastor Deborah, esteemed Sister Tina, thank you so much. So, um, Sister Pastor Debbie, over to you, Pastor Ndapandula, to end the meeting. God bless you, everyone, and thank you all for participating. Glory! <laughs> I don't know if you... <laughs> yeah. Praise God. Thank you so much, Ma. Oh, my goodness. When it's short and sweet like that, you are inspired to go and do self-study. And I hope you are all inspired, enlightened, and ready to take your personal study to another level. Let's just speak in tongues. Thank the Lord for such a wonderful time of review. Iron sharpens iron, and we are sharpened in our spirits. Oh, Father God, we thank you for your word. Oh, Holy Spirit, there is none like you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We love you. We thank you for being our teacher, our helper, our guide, our counselor. There is none like you. Thank you for everyone that's here tonight that has attended this. They are, they are filled with so much understanding. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. I just want to thank you. Thanks, um, esteemed Stamaka again, the co-host, everyone who attended. We'll see you again next week, Sunday, 9 p.m., same time, same place. Enjoy the book of Proverbs. Remember to mark off your, your tracker. It really brings a certain consciousness for everything, even for your um, project, a message a day. And I hope you are all blessed. Blessed night to you all. And in Sister Tina's voice, I love you all dearly. Thank you all, and God bless you.
Thank you so much, Esim Stavmaka, for this opportunity. Thank you so much for everything you do for us. We love you so much, Ma. On behalf of every one of us, we say thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Okay, thank you so much, everyone. Can we share the benediction? By the grace of our Lord Jesus, our Lord Jesus. the love of God, and the Amen. 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 Amen